Um, so, I don't know about you, but um, the Carols by Candlelight service is one of my favourite moments of the Advent season. It's so atmospheric and there's something safe and comforting about the familiarity of the songs and the story that we've heard. I wonder what aspects of Christmas do this for you. Perhaps it's putting up the tree and decorating the house. Maybe it's watching the kids' nativity play or going to your work's Christmas party. Maybe it's giving or receiving gifts with your nearest and dearest, or maybe it's visiting family. Maybe it's watching your favorite Christmas films like Die Hard, or the various TV reruns. Talking of TV reruns, one of my favorites is Friends. If we could have the slide on, brilliant. Now, I don't associate this TV series with Christmas necessarily, although some of their Christmas episodes were great. If we can have the next slide, please. There they all are. And then the next, please. So this was the one where the old Christmas trees that were about to be put in the chipper got bought and taken to their flat to fulfill their Christmas destiny. Remember that one? Phoebe was a very happy bunny. Or the next one, please. This is Phoebe singing one of her unique Christmas jingles. And let's not forget the next one, which was the holiday armadillo. But having watched it since it came out in the 90s and having seen it on countless reruns, there is something safe and comforting about the familiarity of it. If I've had a tough day and I need a bit of escapism, then Friends is often my go-to TV. And I'm ashamed to say that I've watched it so many times that I know most of the lines off by heart. Now, as many of you know, the comic genius Matthew Perry, Chandler in Friends, tragically passed away a couple of months ago. And only the previous year, Matthew had released this, his autobiography entitled Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. Now, being a Friends fan, of course, I decided to put this book on my Christmas wish list. What's even bat better is that I got it early. So I've, I've already read it, which is amazing. Now, his story is one of the great um, stories of Friends and the cast there. It's a story of highs, great highs, and great lows. Soon after being born, his dad left, and to ease the tension at home and to make his mum happy, he would often play the Joker. Growing up in a broken home and being split between his mum in Canada and his dad in the USA took its toll on him. And it wasn't long before he found the delights of smoking and alcohol in his teens to take the edge off. After realising that his skills as a tennis player wouldn't be good enough to make him a pro, he gave acting a go just like his dad, and soon realized he was not only a natural, but he was able to make people laugh, and this felt really good. It wasn't long before Matthew was throwing himself into pursuing an acting career with the following prayer, 
God, you can do whatever you want to me. Just please make me famous. His hope was that by becoming famous, it would make him happy and fill the void in his life. Well, as we know, God certainly allowed him to become famous and he certainly lived the lifestyle accordingly. At one point, he was earning over $1 million per episode on Friends. Incredible money, isn't it? He was in the most successful TV sitcom ever. He had the big apartments, the sports cars, and a myriad of relationships with women. And yet that void was not filled. Alongside all of this, his addiction to smoking, alcohol, and drugs was increasing at the same speed as his fame. And despite his momentary euphoria, this too was not bringing him the lasting happiness he longed for. In fact, it was ruining his life and destroying his body, causing him to end up in rehab countless times. Matthew called this addiction his big, terrible thing because it just kept growing and growing and wreaking havoc. It wasn't until he reached rock bottom that he reached out to God again and said, God, please help me, I whispered. Show me that you are here. God, please help me. As I prayed, the little wave in the air transformed into a small golden light. As I kneeled, the light slowly began to get bigger and bigger until it was so big that it encompassed the entire room. It was like I was standing on the sun. I had stepped onto the surface of the sun. What was happening? And why was I starting to feel better? And why was I not terrified? What was happening? The light engendered a feeling more perfect than the most perfect quantity of drugs. Feeling euphoric now, I did get scared and I tried to shake it off. But here was, there was no shaking it off. It was way, way bigger than me. My only choice was to surrender to it, which was not hard because it felt so good. The euphoria had begun at the top of my head and it had slowly seeped down throughout my entire body. I must have sat there for five, six, seven minutes filled with it. My blood hadn't been replaced with warm honey. It was warm honey. And for the first time in my life, I was in the presence of love and acceptance and filled with an overwhelming feeling that everything was going to be okay. I knew now that my prayer had been answered. I was in the presence of God. I started to cry. I mean, I really started to cry. That shoulder-shaking kind of uncontrollable weeping. And I wasn't crying because I was sad. 
I was crying because for the first time in my life, I felt okay. I felt safe, taken care of. Decades of struggling with God and wrestling with life and sadness, all was being washed away like a river of pain gone into oblivion. I had been in the presence of God. I was certain of it. And this time, I prayed for the right thing, help. I stayed sober for two years based solely on that moment. God had shown me a slither of what life could be. He had saved me that day and for all days, no matter what. He had turned me into a seeker, not only of sobriety and truth, but also of him. As we reflect upon the Bible readings we've heard tonight, we're reminded of the story of God's people, Israel, who had faced plenty of dark and difficult days themselves as they waited for the promised Messiah, God's chosen one. The one who was going to come and rescue them, to rescue them from all their trouble and to set them free from their oppressors. But they had to wait hundreds and hundreds of years. And for many, that seed of hope and excitement shrunk to disappointment and cynicism as they continued to struggle on in their darkness with no sign of the promised Messiah and no sign of things ever getting better. Perhaps this is where you find yourself tonight, just like Matthew did. But then we hear those wonderful words of hope from the prophet Isaiah. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Just when all hope was lost, in the darkest of hours, when they had hit rock bottom, a light dawned. And that golden, all-encompassing light was the promised Messiah, Jesus Christ. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. Jesus came in the darkness in an unexpected way, not as a great warrior on horseback, but as a vulnerable little babe. Not born in a palace, as the Magi expected, but in a lowly stable room. And for those to whom this was revealed, there was great joy, excitement, and rejoicing in heaven and on earth. Like Matthew, they were filled with an overwhelming feeling that everything was going to be okay. For at last, a light had dawned in their darkness. At last, a thing that they had been hoping for, waiting for, praying for, had arrived. 
In the darkness, we all seek light, just like Matthew did. We all need hope to get through the dark times. We all need something to hold on to, a reason to keep going. But if we put all of our hope in earthly things or people, then we will inevitably find ourselves feeling let down at some point, just like Matthew did. Because they are fallible and they cannot truly fill that empty void we have. But at Christmas time, in the darkness and the difficulty that we face, we are reminded that there is someone in whom we can put all our fears and hopes. Someone who is fallible, trustworthy and true, full of love and mercy. And his name is Jesus. Wonderful counsellor, mighty God, Prince of Peace, God's own Son. He came as the light of the world to bring light to our darkness. He came to give us hope in the midst of our despair. He came to bring a deep joy and peace that isn't dependent upon material wealth and comfort. He came to set us free from the things that overwhelm us and oppress us. He came to bring forgiveness of sins. He came that we might have life in all its fullness, both now and forevermore. He came to restore our relationship with God the Father and to welcome us into his family. Today, God offers you all of this through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. Wow, what a gift. What a cause for celebration. But it does beg a question. It begs the question, why? Why would God do that for us? Because he loves you. He loves you. God so loved each and every one of us, you and me, that he was prepared to give his one and only son, Jesus, so that whoever believes in him puts their hope in him may not perish but have eternal life. And the wonderful promise given to us is that when we do this, when we surrender ourselves to him like Matthew did and receive Jesus into our hearts, we will not remain in sin and darkness, but we will receive the light of life, a new start, a new birth, a new hope. The question is, will you choose to welcome this wondrous gift into your lives this Christmas and receive the love, peace, freedom and hope that you've been desperately searching for? Or will you continue to be distracted by all the bright and shiny false promises this world offers 
which boasts great happiness, but never fill that void. We're going to use the last verse of one of my favorite carols as our prayer now. A carol that speaks of how all our hopes and all our fears are met in Jesus tonight. And with his perfect love, he wants to cast out all your fear and all your sin and enter in and be born in you tonight. So let us pray together now. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our fear and our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would be especially close to those for whom this season is particularly difficult. May your light that gives life to all people be with them. And may we all know the joy of the Lord as our strength this day and every day henceforth. We ask this in the precious and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.